Good afternoon. I'm Ward Strasser, and I'm with the Healthcare Executive Network, I'm interviewing Kathy Robinson Walker, who is the author of Leading Valiantly in Healthcare Four Steps to Sustainable Success. Welcome, Kathy. How are you? I'm just fine, thank you, Ward. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. It's a beautiful day outside, and um, you know I do appreciate you being here. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, you know, I would, Kathy, I would just like to open up the conversation um, around uh, just as far as if you could share a little bit about yourself, your background, and um, you know, tell us a little bit about um, just your practice and, and what you're doing. Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, my practice now, and actually for my entire career in healthcare, which uh, has been about three decades, focuses on leadership development uh, for the uh, both clinical and non-clinically trained leaders and managers in the healthcare field. And I was fortunate uh, at the start of my career to have an opportunity to partner with a number of university professors uh, in creating what became a 15-university consortium uh, focused on health management at the graduate level. And those 15 schools included UC Berkeley, UCLA, Northwestern, University of Colorado, University of Pennsylvania, the Wharton School, uh, and a number of other really fine universities, both in the U.S. and Canada. And we had the opportunity to partner with most of the major professional associations in the healthcare field. For example, the American College of Healthcare Executives, American Hospital Association, uh, slash American Organization of Nurse Executives, American College of Physician Executives, and on and on. And the, the point of all of that uh, background in telling you is that that gave me a, both an opportunity and a platform, if you will, to work with some of the finest healthcare leaders, both on the practicing side and the academic side, for many years. And our focus was leadership development. And the idea was partnering with one another to create and then offer programs and resources that no one of those institutions could offer by itself. And um, the, the, I think the most relevant thing about that experience is that it gave me a chance to really kind of work up close and personal with the people who, who are leading our field, the healthcare field. And from there, after a long tenure as executive director, I also had the chance to um, serve as a senior leader at the Joint Commission in Chicago. Hmm. During that time, I also was offered a, a book contract to write a book about women as leaders in healthcare uh, from Josie Bass, and I did write that book, and that became a health series bestseller. And then from there, uh, for the last 14 years, I have been really doing the same work, but I've been doing it uh, kind of under my own umbrella, if you will, which is called the Leadership Studio. And again, still focusing on leadership development, I have in the meantime become a master certified executive coach, which means lots and lots of hours of both experience and training. And that leads me to this moment with you. <laughs> excellent, excellent. You know, you, you tell, I mean, you, you, you woven the, um, the practicality into the, the, most, the most current book. And you can see it in some of your models. It's, it's very straightforward, crisp, to the point. It's, it's very good. And one particular thing I was going to ask you about specifically is that um, in your book, you, know, you, you mentioned 
how can you truly um, be more of a valiant leader and and more time spent? Um, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, coming about being a, a, a valiant leader and and more time. What was the root of that thought? I mean, how did you how did you root that out? How did you come about that? Well, that that is a great question, and um, I, I will try to be crisp and brief in the answer. It took me a long time to actually name the quality that I have experienced in these leaders for all these years, because there's a real essence about them that is so strong and powerful and yet human. And I have seen it so many times, but finding the right word for it was really tough. And <laughs> And, and I, I mean really tough. It took actually a month of, do, of, of work in, in different forums to, for me to really land on the word that I felt was accurate and powerful enough uh, to convey what I really see. And so that's, that's the, the sort of the germ of that word. The idea of being valiant, if you will, which is the same thing as, if you will, being at your best as a leader mm. more of the time is it reflects a couple of things. One of them is that I couldn't describe this if I hadn't seen it so many times. I have also seen leaders, and certainly been one myself, who has been less than valiant <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> and, and in other words, um, we all, as leaders and as human beings, kind of go off the rails from time to time. And, and sure. so, again, my experience has given me a chance to both see that and experience it. Um, and so that's what I mean by wouldn't it be nice if we could be that mo most effective version of ourselves more often. And the more often piece has to do with what I would kind of like to offer as a redefinition of mastery. Because a mm. lot of times, especially for clinicians and any of the leaders in healthcare who are so very talented and educated, sometimes we tend to think that mastery is about perfection. And my problem with that idea is that it's unattainable. And mm -hmm. so that's what I mean by more of the time. And wouldn't it be nice to be able to be in that space and be effective more of the time versus all of the time? Perfect. So that leads me to the, to the next question with the seductions. And I was reading the discussion, the, the seductions of leadership, and, you know, mind travels, thinks about, think about the whole thing, and thought about others. Um, why did you choose those six seductions of leadership? Well, first of all, let, let, let me make a kind of link, if you will, between what I was just saying and what you asked and this question that you've now asked. Um, the go-off-the-rails idea is um, what, what I've termed leadership seduction. And I've been pretty deliberate about that word because I think that's exactly what it is. I think it's a, kind of a hook, and it's a mm. bit of an, unless we're conscious of it, it's kind of an unconscious um, kind of grab at our throat that says, come over here and do or say or think something that's really not going to be effective or get you where you want to go, but it's real tempting to do it anyway. <laughs> and uh, so that's what a seduction is. 
And uh, as far as why those particular six seductions, there are a couple reasons for that. Uh, as I say in the book, one of the things that um, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about was how to frame the seduction. And um, so I do not think that these six ideas are the full universe of what I would call a seduction. But what I do think, based on my experience, is that these are the ones that I see most often. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. rather than have, you know, hundreds or scores of seductions that would be, I think, pretty boring to the reader, I uh, spent a fair amount of time uh, kind of boiling them down, if you will, uh, the, the behaviors and attitudes that I see most often that take us into that place of being less effective as leaders. And that's how I came up with six. And those particular six, I I spent, again, a lot of time synthesizing and putting ideas together to come up with those six. I'm going to tell you, Kathy, reading these, I said, yeah, yeah, I've done that. (laughs) I've done that one. (laughs) Clearly, I spot on. So, um, you know, fantastic. And as far as... um, if we can move to the, the points of valor, um, you know, thoughts, you know, choosing those, because, again, I would think that there was so many um, things that you could you could have put in that model. Um, okay. Again, a really great question, and I appreciate it. And I think one of the reasons why I like these questions so much is that they all are hitting on the the points in the book and the work that I spent the most time on, frankly. Um, the model itself, which does include uh, four points, as you've called them, or steps, as I call them in the book, uh, again, is something that I spent quite a lot of time on, on trying to make it as simple as I could make it, yet accurate. Uh, meaning, and what I mean by accurate is that everything in the book, Leading Valiantly, in a sense, is a mirror. And what the mirror is doing is it's, I am holding up a mirror to basically describe what I see in the most effective leaders, mm. the most valiant leaders. And so those four points are, or steps are the, the, the stops along the way that a deliberately valiant leader will make. And as you may have also seen in the book, there is a point in time when a valiant leader will integrate the steps so that they are no longer conscious that the leader is doing the steps anyway. Hmm. I agreed. I could see that. And your opinion, um, you know, I could see this being applicable beyond healthcare. Yes, yes. Thank you. And I actually... That has been said to me many, many times, and um, there and and there is a publisher that is considering broadening it out with me. Um, I, I and I'm in, interested in that idea. And at the same time, healthcare is my home field. It is the field that I'm very passionate about for a lot of reasons, and so um, I would love it if if these ideas are of interest. Beyond healthcare, and and again, I do have a lot of anecdotal suggest, uh, 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 information that says that people are interested beyond healthcare, and I very much appreciate uh, 
all of those uh, statements and your own. Thank you. Um, and at the same time, again, my home is healthcare. So mm. it's okay with me if if <laughs> really if it really gets some traction in healthcare. So, Kathy, with all your experience and um, all the people that you touch and, and throughout the industry of healthcare, you know, your opinion as far as this is broad-brushed. Um, um, biggest challenges that you're seeing in healthcare that's not being addressed currently, or not giving proper attention. What do you? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do have some thoughts on that, and I think this could be a broader-ranging discussion than we have time for. So I am going to pick one area uh, versus others that I could also name. So. I think what the public is so conscious of is uh, the Affordable Care Act, what is even Obama sometimes called Obamacare, and the very substantial changes that 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 uh, legislation is bringing to our field. And, and I believe the public really sees the public side of this, which is how does it affect them, and that's very understandable. I think the, the, the story that's not being told, the conversation that is not being had, had is the story and the, the conversation about how it is affecting health care workers and health mm. managers and leaders. Mm -hmm. Because there are several forces at work that are creating sea changes inside health care. And one of them is demographics, because as we all know, the population... Um, uh, the, the, the baby boomers are aging. Uh, so that means that there is going to be a requirement for more and more care for the, the aging uh, part of the population at the same time that we have the implementation of the Affordable Care Act. And so there, there are so many uh, ramifications of, of both of those factors. And one of them is that we, as a society, will probably, probably require less inpatient care. We will definitely require more outpatient ambulatory care with a great focus on prevention and wellness, which comes in part with uh, the Affordable Care Act, as you know. We, we, as a society, are looking much more at population-based needs rather than uh, than the way a lot of uh, medical care, in other words, disease-focused care, has been um, structured in the past. And this has very big consequences. This whole dynamic and these various aspects of it have very big consequences for the people who are leading and managing and working inside healthcare right now. Kathy, when you say consequences, what, what do you mean? Well, so I was just going to say, um, so I, I, I have been out and about uh, in a number of uh, settings all across the country lately, and I hear things like, you know, 50 nurses were just let go from mm -hmm. XYZ Hospital. And mm -hmm. what doesn't seem to happen is that there isn't a, a context in which those nurses understand where the jobs are for them in the future. Where can they go? Because there are going to be plenty of jobs for them. But, but we don't, we aren't making, we're, we're not doing a good job of supporting people as they change uh, 
how it is that they work and where they work. Mm. So, so to kind of wrap up maybe a long thought. Uh, yes. And I hope it's not too long, but just to no, wrap no, not up, at all, <laughs> not at all. The, the 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 conclusion that I would make as far as what is one uh, one area that we are uh, that we are really not focused on it is how do we support and develop managers and leaders in healthcare throughout the arc of their their professional work because it's not necessarily going to be the case that those people are employed in a hospital from beginning to end. So how do we support them? And are we supporting them? And and I think anecdotally we are in some places and again I'm not I'm not drawing on I, what I am drawing on here is my own experience of and my own conversations which are many. Um, but I don't think that we are actively supporting uh, people for example uh, when when very large swaths of healthcare may lose the kinds of jobs they have had and we'll need to go into new kinds of roles and positions and we need to be supporting them as they do that. And I'm not Job sure transition, sure. Yeah, exactly. sure. Yeah. So, do you, so is this, um, you know, one of the, the last follow-up that I have is that would you say that this is kind of, you know, the big thing on the horizon that, that right now people are so busy with the some of the things that you mentioned um, they're not looking down the road. They don't have the long view. Um, do you see something that's different from what you're talking about or on, on the long view that's going to come around to the healthcare industry or, or is this pretty much what you're seeing as far as the big concern more or less? Uh, well, let's see. I, I'm not sure quite how to answer the question um, that you're asking. I, I you know, as I said, this is one of the things that I see uh, that I have some concern about. And, uh, you know, and again, I, there are pockets in which I think we are doing a good job of supporting our leaders and managers and workers as they make these changes. But I don't know that we are, do I don't think we are doing a good job of it totally as a society because I think we're focused elsewhere. Perfect. Okay. Great. You, you answered it then. It's, it's, and, I, and I agree. I mean, it's, it's so to summarize, it sounds like with all the changes and everything, there's change, but there's not per se a change agent and more training around the change for the people and, and the career change, right? Well, yes, I believe change is very hard for people to manage, and I think we can manage it, but I think we, we need, sometimes we need support and help to manage it, and that's really what I'm saying is I think we are, we are as a society pretty much focused on infrastructure changes, systemic kinds of changes, which we have to be. It's just that there are also people inside those systems and inside the infrastructure that are affected in major ways. Mm. And we do need to be doing a good job of supporting those same people so that if I can make a tie back to the idea of my book, so that they can stand in their own effectiveness and in, in their own power even as they make a shift in perhaps location and even role, how can they maintain their grounding and their valor, if you will? Perfect. That's perfect. Kathy, thank you very much. And I want to thank you very much for coming in um, and spending the time with us. It was very, very important, and I got a lot out of it. Um, and, again, um, with, with Catherine Robbins-Walker, 
from Leading Valley in Healthcare, Four Steps to Sustainable Success. 